The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Hey everybody, it's Jim, one of your hosts from Out of the Shadows. Not sure if you know this or not. Hey everybody, it's Jim from Out of the Shadows. Not sure... Hey, can you not kill anybody right now? We're trying to film this commercial for you. Hey everybody, it's Jim from Out of the Shadows Podcast. Not sure if you know this or not, but hair loss affects one in five people in the United States annually, both men and women. That's an insane amount of people, right? I had no idea. Well, Frank says no more. If you're suffering from balding, hair loss, or thinning locks, come on down to Wigs by Frank Zito on 5th Avenue, located right between the Lint Chocolate Shop and Salvatore Ferragamo. They've got all styles, colors, and designs, and they'll help you get looking good again. Remember, that's Wigs by Frank Zito. And now, on with the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Shadows. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Jim Clark. What's up, everybody? And we are at the end of season one. We're closing out the decade 1980. Closing it out. Yes. It's been an interesting ride so far. Yes. We're going to revisit the 80s again in future, like way down the road. We'll probably come back around to 1980 once again. But for listeners, if you've been listening to this show, you know the deal. If you're new to the show and you're starting with this episode, Jim and I are covering movies that are featured in the documentary In Search of Darkness, uh, decade by decade, and 1980 is coming to an end. Coming to an end in quite a fashion. Yes, a big fashion. <laughs> I, I, think, I think when we saw this list initially, I don't know if you remember, but I remember going through it going, oh, I've seen this. I haven't. I ha- I've seen this. I've seen this. And then I remember going, dude, I can't wait till you see. I can't wait to hear how what you think of certain films. And this was one of them. I've been really? saying it since the beginning. Like, I can't wait to see what you thought of Maniac because it's definitely a different type of film than any of the ones we've watched so far. Yeah, um, definitely. But yeah. Just like I said, we were doing 1980s Maniac. Fancy girls and their fancy dresses and their lipstick. Laughing and dancing. But you stop them, don't you? I can't stop them. But you do, don't you?
Psychological horror, would you say? Yeah. And and you know what, dude? Shit, I would... The way this movie was filmed and done and produced and made, I'd even... Even though it's not, I, I would call it a, a mockumentary, to be a honest. Mocu- yeah. The, yeah, it's almost like a documentary. Yeah. Um, it's very grindhouse. It's very grimy. Oh, yeah. You know I mean... Uh, so we walk out of the theater, dude. What did you think? Uh, I look at you and say, wow, that was, uh, that was brutal. That was really brutal. That was, um, especially for that time period, that was very raw. Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially with where society was with the, um, I don't even know if you'd call it a fascination back then, more so now a fascination, but the, um, the epidemic of serial killers. Yeah. Yeah. And just, maybe not in the general public, but in definitely in like police circles and um, psychology circles, trying to understand the mindset of those types yeah. of individuals. And then know? the horrors of like um, people like the son of Sam, David Berkowitz, just kind yeah. of easily walking up to people in cars and shooting them. Um, yep. Women beat like the night stalker, right? Uh, the Richard people, Ramirez, being, yeah. you know, women being stalked in the evening. Uh, and so we're seeing a lot. Yeah. You're seeing a lot of these kinds of things in this film and, and it's very much informed by that. Uh, and it's very much, I don't know, like you said, a mockumentary because it feels real, right? We yeah. were right before we started recording this, we were discussing, you and I were having a conversation about uh, film and recording using specific cameras and lenses. And we were discussing like, you, there's, Oh, you can always, there's a, there's a, there's a feel, I don't even know how to say it. There's a way that the, the, the film looks when it's produced, the texture. Certain, right? The texture. Thank yeah. you. When you're watching something that's on the big screen, it looks different than a soap opera or oh, yeah. um, a handheld camera or a documentary, like the, the, the graininess of the, of this, you know, the footage, um, whatever the lenses they're using, the lenses, the post-production, it all yep. has something that kind of gives it a specific gloss. Whereas this feels very much like a handheld. And when I say handheld, I don't mean like the indie style of handheld filming we have that's kind of super popular anymore. I'm talking about like a handheld camcorder that's following this yep. dude around, right? Yeah, like they literally just followed this guy around for like two weeks and watched and saw what happened. 
And it, it reminds is. me. It reminds me of um, that movie you told me to watch, uh, behind, uh, behind the Mask. I think it's called. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yeah, Leslie. Leslie. Very much of that, except this one doesn't have the um, participatory filmmaker. Um, right, right. It's, it's almost like yeah. It's a very weird feeling in terms of because I've seen you've seen documentaries where the filmmaker is completely non-existent. It's there about it's about capturing what's happening. You know. Yeah. Um, and so that's what this feels like. It feels like there's just maybe one person with this guy and following him around. Yes, obviously we have cuts, it's theatrical and stuff, but man, when for a majority of this film, it's so up close, close and personal in its kind of like grittiness that mm-hmm. you're right. It just feels like you walk out kind of like feeling dirty, dude. Like I gotta go home and take I a shower. See. Yeah. Yeah, I it was just see. Uh, graphic it was gritty it was dirty it was it was a lot of things and it was it was surprising and i know you warned me last week um to be ready and be prepared for it but um i don't know i still wasn't prepared for it i didn't really know (laughs) exactly what i was walking into not that not that it bothered me but i don't know yeah. So yeah, Maniac is a 1980 American psychological slasher film directed by William Lustig and written by C.A. Rosenberg. It stars Joe Spinell as Frank Zito, an Italian-American serial killer residing in New York City who murders and scalps young women. Spinell was also co-writer of the film. So I knew Joe Spinell from The Godfather. So he's in The Godfather okay. 1 yep. and 2. Um, so I remember when I first saw Maniac and I just recently was the first time I saw Maniac. It wasn't like I've seen this a long time ago. I was like, oh, hey, I know this guy, right? Yeah. But such a different character, obviously. And <laughs> I don't know, man. Like immediately, it's you know how you can watch certain actors and throughout the whole film, you still kind of see the actor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But then there's times where all of a sudden, like it's not this person you're seeing a character like you're seeing this embodiment of somebody else it's just not the person you thought it was you know what i mean yeah and that's how yeah. this was because at first it was like oh dude from the godfather then i'm yep. like oh no that's not him who is this guy this is a <laughs> creep what the fuck's happening yeah dude right from the get-go in the beginning um there's not even like any intros for like production no. companies or anything no. it just jumps right in and just right from the get-go he's this creepy grungy looking little dude that lives in his apartment with weird fucking mannequins. What a shot too, right? The way he sits up and that the glare yeah. of light across just his eyes, all creepy and wild looking. And he's got the, the mannequin laying in the bed with him. And I actually thought there was a person there. Right. The Cause it's kind of blurred. It. Right. And, and yeah. And, and it looked kind of like they had like moved and leaned over to look at him. <laughs> and then like it cleared up and you could see, I was like, Oh my God, that's not a person at all. It's no. weird. Yeah. And then you start noticing like the, the the wig things the blood you're like all right yep. there's some fucked up shit going on here and yep. it is it's very disturbing dude all the weird like breathing and grunting and like mm-hmm. just the stuff Slinking he's doing around and he's and, talking yeah. the way he's talking to his mother and and or talking to the the girl the mannequin girls you know what i mean this yeah. weird kind of soft spoken voice all wild eyed and crazy um definitely something uh definitely guy needs a lot of help but then like almost half. So we have to endure this kind of weird and uncomfortableness for a great part of the beginning of the film, right? Mm-hmm. Minimal dialogue, a lot of just kind of action, a lot of, of, of murder, a lot of like gore yep. happening, a lot of fucked up shit happening. And then it's like, all of a sudden we see him, boom, 
this is what happens when I can be normal. And I comb my hair and I put on jackets and I go out and I talk to this woman and I'm going on dates and I'm going to watch her do her the photography thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all of a sudden he's just this guy moving around. And that's what makes it scarier is because we've witnessed this other side of him. And now we're watching him just kind of interact in society in the daylight. And with blend people. in. Yeah, and blend right? in and be this like fucking chameleon that's just and he's charming chameleon. This woman, yes, dude. man. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's so crazy. Just knowing, knowing there's scalps in his bedroom, and then he's going to dinner with this woman, and she's not a clue. She's just nope. all infatuated with this guy. Which to me, I'm like, because the way it's written, it's not super like it doesn't unfold naturally in terms of people interacting and and showing interest. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's a weird. All of a sudden, there's interest, or or you know, she's talking to him more, and um, because I remember he went and saw because initially she gets a f- photograph of him in the park, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes and looks at her thing, but all of a sudden he's there and she knows who he is. Are yeah, we, so, are like, we just that was assuming, really weird to me. Are we just assuming that he called ahead and said, "Hey, I'm this guy. I saw something," because like. I saw you That's took a picture. I, I want to see how it looks like as a photographer. Are you like, yeah, come on in. I'll show you. How did you get my information? <laughs> oh you know? shit. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I was thinking that cause I watched it again this morning and I was like, where did he, there's a, there's a little bit of a disconnect here where, where that, that happens. And I couldn't figure out, like, I thought, okay, maybe I missed, or maybe he called her on the phone or something. Yeah, no, it's, uh, there's nothing. There's there. nothing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's, uh, and it's kind of like where that shift from documentary to more of a film film happens. Yes. It's like sharp. Um, but it was done well. Yeah. It worked effectively and it didn't feel weird at all. Um, where if it was maybe done differently or, or done differently by somebody else, it might've, uh, might've been awkward. It felt one, like jarring. Yeah. One of the things I saw when I was looking up some info on this film was that they filmed this gorilla style, like with mm-hmm. handhelds. So that's why it's got the look it's got, right? We were just talking about happy accidents earlier. Um, yeah. It's, it's got this look because they were working with handhelds during a lot of uh, on location filming because they couldn't uh, afford permits to film in the city and they wanted the to film city. in New York yeah. city. And it's very, you know, New York city's always been kind of notorious for being very expensive to, to lock permits down for filming because well, you got to like shut, LA. dude. Yeah. You got to shut, if you got to shut down streets, you got to do things that's going to do any kind of disruption to everyday life in that city. It can cause quite the headache to that city. So they're going to make sure oh, yeah. you're going to pay for it. Right. Um, well, and they've also got you by the balls. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Coming to New York, you're paying New York rates. Exactly. Everybody's coming. Exactly. That's why, that's why they film movies and you think it's New York city and it's really like Toronto or, or it's, you know what I mean? Or it's Vancouver or something like that. On a back studio lot someplace. Exactly. Um, anyway. Yeah. So that, so we have a lot of this look to it because of that, that style of filming. Um, I don't even know where I was. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So, but with that in mind, I still felt like this film was done like cinematography. The the, the shots were awesome, dude. Oh, a yeah. lot of the different tracking shots. There was one scene where the kids were on the swings and stuff, and the camera just kind of you know is is looking at them through the fence. And as they get off, it kind of follows them to here, follows them to the to the bikes, and then comes around here. And there's this way that they're kind of, the the camera slowly zooms in, so we don't see Vito in shot. You know what I mean? So that immediately yeah. as as it she hits her mark, that's where he is. And I just thought. As as soon as that happened i was like dude that's such a brilliant shot it's so nice it just really adds to that 
oh holy crap that dude's standing right there you know what i mean yeah um i was i was interacting with these these kids and they don't know who he is and the dirty fucking nasty things he does i know right it makes you feel uncomfortable when you see him like near that little girl you're like oh shit no 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 no. yeah fuck with that little girl dude yeah for sure um it's a fucked up film basically yeah it's it's just this dude that just wants to kill women he does not have this kind of what was it that with his mom thing? I can't remember now. Now I'm thinking about it. Well, she was a prostitute. That's what it was. She was, yeah. and she killed herself, and didn't she, she? I don't know if she killed herself or, or she, I, I don't, or if he killed her. I think he might have killed her. That's the way it came off to me. Um, but yeah, oh, he said yeah. I didn't want to hurt you. I didn't want to hurt you. And when he was killing the uh, uh, the model. Oh God! Uh, Again, end. how uncomfortable is that scene? The beginning yeah. of the film when he's laying in bed with the prostitute. And he's telling her to model for him, right? Yeah. That's creepy. Then later on, when he's chasing the nurse down, that was an intense scene, dude. Yeah, on the, the bathrooms, subway. the stalls. Yep, that too. She goes in the, oh, man, that was so good. And then, yeah, the model at the end. It's just so, dude, this movie was so uncomfortable in some of its death scenes. Oh, yeah, dude. And, um, and I like the, the beginning of how it opened up with them on the beach. It was very... Yes. Very Jaws like, dude. Um, I just thought that was cool. It's you know what that reminded me because I expected a different film with that type of beginning. Because um, I don't normally associate the beach and sandbars like that with New York City, even though like True. I know and I've come to come to realize that that's an actual thing. I, I don't first offhand consciously think of that. You know, right? I mean? Yeah. When you see beach, that's not your first thought. Is this is New York City? Yeah. Um, I like that opening. That's very much reminded me of Zodiac Killer style of style mm. of, of a thing. Yes. You know what I mean? And yep. that was crazy. And I thought, you know, when I first saw it, I, I thought, okay, here we go. And then it got uncomfortable. <laughs> That's when yeah. we started like the just the style of it. And I thought, man, this is really done well. When you can hear the way this guy kind of grunt breathes, it's a weird kind of. It's not a normal breathing that you have in terms of uh, horror. You know, uh, bad guys coming at you with that. Uh, this was like a, like a growl to it and stuff. Yeah. It was really kind of animalistic. animalistic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, dude, yeah, this, this is a very, this movie, you know, it's not like it follows a story. You're just following this guy no, going around stalking it, women it's and got killing like a them. Weird, it's got like a weird plot. Yeah, not like your not your traditional plot. No, it's just um, almost like just hey, fine because it works and they pulled it off great. Um, documentary. Liked, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I really liked how they juxtaposed eroticism against violence, mm. and especially especially in the films of this time. I mean, look at um, Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, yeah. coming off of that, um, where you know people are necessarily going to the theater okay it's friday night i'm going out with my friends let's go see a horror movie you're gonna see some nudity you know it's gonna be great yeah. but no this is like all oh, right you know there's gonna be this sex scene kind of cool all right no this is it's gross whack, sex dude. Scenes, dude yeah fucked it's, up it's shit. fucked up it's um it's <laughs> then- not it's not nudity and sexuality for the purpose of exploitation it's nudity and sexuality because it's real and raw and it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable yes like like oh right um exactly the one piece too that i was going to say is that like this didn't feel when you say stuff like coming off of friday the 13th and some of these other movies those have a very 
you know, late seventies, early eighties feel to them. This felt much earlier seventies, just the kind of griminess and yeah. grittiness to it. Right. Like the, the, the way New York looks obviously back in those days, New York was rough, right? Yeah. Uh, homelessness was rough. You had the drugs in the streets, prostitutes, like no problem. Times Square was not about, uh, you know, people coming to town and taking pictures and, and all yeah. that stuff. Times yeah. Square back in the A day was all like city. It was all adult shops and adult theaters and and hookers and and dude, this felt very like uh, a a nasty home movie. Yeah, yeah, no, it really was, dude. It was gross. It was. It made me feel dirty, very dirty. Um, um it made it reminded me of and and again, you're getting into he's murdering prostitutes, yeah, and sex workers, um, which was something that you know many serial killers, especially around that time, did. Yeah. Um, because number one, dollar. they were easy prey because they yep. were out there and like literally giving themselves to to people. Um, you know, typically they didn't have anyone looking for them, right? Because mm-hmm. nobody knew who they were. They were missing people. They were runaways. So they were easy prey for for these guys. And yeah, you know. Well, and and and, and this made me think of um, there's this guy. His name is um, Peter Sutcliffe, uh, also known as the Yorkshire Ripper. Um, yeah. He's kind of like the modern day Jack the Ripper in England. And he would, um, in the seventies, he would kill prostitutes and women. He started out killing prostitutes and it was this thing where, um, the police really didn't take an interest, um, at the beginning of his crime spree because they were prostitutes. They were fucking destitute and the outcasts of society and even society itself didn't care. And then, you know, once they started, you know, once he started getting into more respectable people of society, quote unquote, um, then people started taking more attention and wanted action taken. But yeah, if, if you're, if you're a prostitute, if you're a, you know, a homeless person, a drug addict, kind of, we're not going to waste our time. Cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. It again, it's got that realness to it, right? Like very yeah. uncomfortable realness. This special, the special effects, like the gore on this was awesome. Oh You've my got God, Tom dude. Savini, bro. We need to, we really need to get like a bell or something so we can ring it every time we're talking about Tom Savini because beep, 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 beep. Tom Savini is going to be one of those faces and names that we bring up. Yeah. Multiple times. Oh, from easily. here on out. Yeah. This dude is amazing in special effects. He's acted, he's directed, he's written films. Yeah. You yeah. know, he's, he's, but he, I mean, he's, he's considered, he's one of the biggest icon. Like you can say his name at any horror convention or horror fan and they know who you're talking about. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and he acted in this movie too, as yeah. well as doing the effects, which yeah. is cool to see that. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, and again, he, Go ahead. I was gonna say he was at the, he was the one parked with the making out with the chick when he gets his head yeah. blown off by a shotgun. Which yeah. one of the things I read was um, the reason it looks so realistic. Savini was in in Vietnam. Yeah, he, he was in Nam. He was actually in he battle. Photographer in Nam. Yeah, and he saw things, and so through through the things he saw, he knew what it looked like. So when we and, see that stuff, it's because of experience, not because he thinks that I think this is what it'll look like. Isn't that crazy to think about? So when you watch well, that head explode in the car, bro, it looks so nasty and real. Oh my it God, doesn't dude, look I like I saw that the first time I saw it. I was like, oh my God, that you is see the fucking, fucking skull, rough. bro. You see the skull piece. Um, and normally in movies, you don't see yeah. like it's always this kind of overdone hamburger look. Right. Whereas this was like. Oh my God, did this really just fucking happen? 
See, and he's to me, I, he's in the new documentary, uh, part two, and he okay. goes into that and he talks about it and how he was a, uh, a war correspondent in Vietnam. So oh, okay. he's taken he's taken photos of all this. Not only is he seeing it, but he's taking photos of it. So he's kind of like, uh, to me, he's kind of like Kubrick um, in the way that Kubrick started off as a photographer. So he could see through the lens and see how these things look. And he yes. learned and he trained that eye. So now you got Tom Savini, who is photographing gore through a camera lens and knows how Basically. to get it to look that way through a lens, how you need it. You right. Know? Exactly. Um, and I guess for this, uh, for this scene, they used um, an old mold of his from um, uh, what is it? Day of the dead. 1978. Yeah. Um, and that's what they blew up. Uh, I heard that they used again, like you had mentioned, the gorilla films uh, uh, filming. So they were like going in and out real quick. They had, yep. had, to, get, had to get their shot and then get out. Um, and I guess what they did was they actually used live ammunition to explode his head. Um, oh, so I they heard did, about this. Yeah. Yes. So they, they, they threw the, they had the shotgun in a trunk of a nearby car because they didn't want the cops to come up and see him with this loaded <laughs> shotgun. Um, I guess once they, um, once they exploded the, uh, the piece and then um, destroyed the car, obviously. They, uh, they threw the dummy in the back of the trunk and then sunk the car in the East River uh, in New York from what I from oh, what I get read. Out. Yeah, yeah, because they didn't want it. Like I said, dude, they didn't have permission. Well, like you said, they didn't have the permits. They didn't have permission. They were just yeah. like, film it and get the fuck out of there before you get caught. I heard the, this. I heard the thing about how they gave him the shotgun. He had to do the thing real quick, jump up, shoot, jump off. And so that's why it's in slow motion is because if they played it regular, it'd be way too fast. Like they, yeah. if you wanted to see it happen, they do it in this slow-mo shot where he comes up and it's all slow-mo. Boom, right? They take the gun, throw it in the trunk. The dude just takes off in the car, just <laughs> takes off with the gun in the trunk. And so Nova, in case anybody came, there's no gun. There's nothing they could show yeah. except for the shell. <laughs> yeah that's a wild dude that's dude, can uh, you imagine doing that dude that's risky yeah that is risky dude. yeah Holy big shit. time and is there anything that is there any kind of like repercussions after the fact like it's proof now we have on film that you did it and you didn't and pay anything. to it and you haven't paid uh, anything we don't have paid any permits so yeah, do they have to go it. back and pay that now like a fine i don't know i don't that's know i didn't see huh? anything on that or is it, hey, you got away with it, so good on you? We didn't catch you when you were doing it? Well, you know what they say? It's um, it's a lot easier to uh, just do something and apologize for it instead yeah. of asking permission. Yeah, yeah. Um, Old punk rock ethos, man. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely where they were coming from. Yeah. But, oh, it's got a very, it's it got worked. a very indie f- feel to it. It's got a very, it feels like a bunch of friends and, and kids got together and said, we want to make this kind of movie and did it. But they did it well. Like because it comes across and the effectiveness of this film, the way it makes you feel, you know, like they, for me, I think they did a great job with this. This is, I love this film. I I don't love it in terms of like, I want to watch it all the time, but I I have a high respect for it. Like, I I think it was done so nice. You know, I told you a lot of these shots I loved. I thought a lot of the kills were very uncomfortable, not super scary. Like the one scary one was where he was kind of like hunting the the nurse. That one was very intense. Right. And and yeah, Especially when she thought she was good, dude. This I and it's like once you've seen horror movies, you see the gimmick coming a mile away. But when you've got somebody at at um, a sink with a mirror in front of them, right, and yeah. they do that thing where they bend over and the camera follows, you know, when they pop up, there's gonna be someone standing behind them in the mirror. It happens now. Almost we know all the that. Time, right now, we know that. Back then, I don't know if that was such a uh, such a trope. Yeah. No, it wasn't. You know what I mean? Nowadays, it's 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 doing it coming back and nothing being there still and being like, oh, yeah. oh shit. 
you know, you're building that <laughs> right? suspense and then there's nothing and then there. nothing and then they, and then when they turn around later. Boom. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah exactly. yeah um, just drawing it out making it longer yeah but you know that whole that whole sequence dude is, is so good dude you know the yeah. panic at trying to get on the subway and the, the whole thing is such a good sequence um yeah dude i think it's just this done this film was done so good and man what a performance from this dude man joe spinell oh, i know unreal dude you know what great, I mean? Great, great, great performance. I um, he played it very well. Like he he really embodied this psychological aspect of that character and ran with it and portrayed it spot on. I don't know. I don't know if anybody else could have pulled that off. But again, the, 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 and, I, and I think maybe part of the reason that is the case why he embodied it so well is because he contributed to the script and it was his story. So this was this was uh i mean as graphic and dirty as it is to say kind of like a passion project yeah 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 him, yeah you know but and you know he it's that kind of thing where like sure somebody else could have played the character but would have come across the same way right because he, exactly. he had a certain look to him the way his eyes look man the way his hair yeah. looks wild that just the what he looks like when he's wet and sweaty looking that just kind of you know it's it's very kind of revolting first of all yeah and, and then just to kind of know who he is and what he's doing makes it even more horrific yeah you know you could have other people play the part but it's not going to have the same it's i don't think you're going to get the same reaction to be honest with you um and and I don't think you're going to get the same film. I really don't. You know, I just don't see it happening with anybody else. I think this was a, this is one of these kinds of films where you know it's not a a a, a, a monster name director or you know a whole bunch of big time actors. That's not yeah. at all. But when you watch it for what it is, when you walk away feeling the way you said, remember when you're done, you you just felt like oh, like kind of like dirty. almost dirty. That means it was done well. That was yeah. the point to this. You're not supposed to have fun at this movie. You're not supposed to be 40 laughing. Forty years or, later, you know forty what I years mean? later, and it's still got that effect. You know? Yeah, it's not hokey. There's nothing no, that you look at this where you're like, "This is hokey, dude. This is this is too if corny." Anything, it's man. it's it's too much the opposite direction. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, right, dude. Right. Let me ask you this. Right, uh, we, we said uh, we don't know how somebody else will be able to play this role. What about if I said um, alternate casting Elijah Wood? Well, I did see they remade it, right? I didn't that, see the yeah, remake. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they, had a, they made a remake with Elijah Wood playing that character. I didn't see it, no. And did I'm you kinda, watch it? No, I didn't watch it. Um, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm hesitant. See. Really? Okay. Yeah, well, I want to see what they did with it. But but that's an interesting thing, yeah, because I saw it was Elijah Wood. Yeah. And it's not going to be the same film. I guarantee I'm not going to feel as uncomfortable. And that's pre... No, it's not. It's post I said I'm I thinking it was I 99. It was 2009, I think, when they made it. I was going to say it was it was it was pre um, uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, Lord of the Rings. But it wasn't. No. Uh, this was, is when he was trying to distance himself from just being a Lord of the Rings kind of character. Being typecast. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Um, I, I said I'll guarantee it won't be the same kind of film, and, and I don't oh, know that I can guarantee not. it, but I mean, I guess I could because I don't know. It just doesn't. I don't know how you can do it. Like I'm seeing Elijah Wood in my head, and I know what he looks like, and even him trying to be this wild-eyed, creepy weirdo just doesn't come across. Even if he doesn't exactly. play it wild-eyed, he might play it more this weird stalker, silent killer type. Who knows? Um, I don't know. I'll give it a shot, and, and I'll let you know. I'll let you know what it what it's like. Yeah. Yeah, for but sure. But this one, man. Whew. Yeah, wow. And, and and then the prostitute scene where he kills the prostitute, I think it's the beginning one. Yeah. Um, 
I guess uh, from what I read, there was an actual murder that happened at the hotel while they were filming the movie. <gasps> Jesus, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wow. a coincidence. No kidding. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, dude. a prostitute. From what I read, was killed. Jeez, filming this prostitute murder scene. Jeez, that's yeah. insane, dude. So that, that right there, how come how come nobody was alerted that these guys were making a film in this hotel without permits? Because the police would have been asking and talking to everybody at that hotel. Yeah. Oh, where were know, you? Dude. What did you see? I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. I love yeah. stuff like that. I mean, not that you know people are being murdered, but it's always you know that always intrigues me. Are these real life things that are tied oh, yeah. to? film right so when you watch films like sometimes when you see films and people are like see that person in the background later on they would go on to kill all these people you know what i mean but they were in a movie or something that always intrigues me there was one that just came up have you ever seen or heard of um you know what i can't think of the name of it right now damn it's kind of like the the woman in jaws at the beginning yeah that she might be this one missing woman or something yeah well the one uh uh, body that they found that they haven't identified yet. I just still don't think they've identified. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there was one that I heard where there, there's a movie that it's it was a you know it ended up being a horrible movie, but um, this scene there's a scene in it where the two actors are legit really fighting, and you know they're high on drugs, and one of them has a hammer is trying to bash the other one's head oh in. Oh my god! And they kept it in the film, even though like during the fight one of them's literally trying to choke the other one to death like literally trying to do it right his wife the one who's being choked his wife and two little kids are off to the side screaming and crying they're calling each other by their regular names their real names as they're doing this and they (laughs) kept it in the film because it worked for the story wow yeah i'll have to i can't remember the name of the movie but when i find it i'll text it to you i'll send you the link you'll have to watch it's insane to watch it go down dude but uh the one guy that you know, is doing the hammering and doing the choking is Rip Torn. Do you know who Rip Torn really? is? Yes, yes, I yes. know who Rip Torn is. Rip no Torn, shit. dude. Yes, way back in the day. Like, it always struck me as that type to have a little bit of a time. This, fu- this film had a it was fueled by a lot of drugs and alcohol. And so, wow. yeah, and hey, there was no it, script. It was, the it was 80s, one of the, right? Uh, no, I think it was a 70s or, or something. Okay, like, regardless, he's young, it's dude. Still he's that real time young, dude. He's like in his 20s, maybe in this film. Wow. And yeah, and like it was no script. It was basically that, you know, they were told to do a whole lot of ad libbing and stuff, but they were just kind of guided to to perform these scenes. And it was filmed nonstop in a documentary style for, I think they said they had, you know, so many days of footage. It took them three weeks to go through all the footage. Wow. Um, dude, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. When I read about this, I was like, I got to do this for a History Creeps episode. So I'm going to end up talking about that here in the future. But anyway, wow. back to Maniac, dude. This film is definitely one of these ones that... um I, I probably revisit again in the future here and there. Nothing, nothing mm-hmm. I'll put on all the time. Not like I do with like Nightmare on Elm Street. And that's the thing, right? Like some of these other films. so much more light. It, yes, it's, it's a horror movie. gorier. It's, it's dark, but it's... It doesn't feel real. <laughs> it's still, compared to this, dude, it's, it's, it's like watching like the land before time or something you know yeah yeah it totally is even as as horrific as some of the scenes can be this just felt like this felt like you were being being kind of brought along on this ride you didn't want to go without your consent exactly yeah you're like being being forced to follow along and and having your eyelids held open yeah yeah yeah, exactly but it's effective kind of like uh like alex uh alex delarge in clockwork orange where he's forced to see all the yes uh, uh, the violent stuff. That's exactly what Basically we were forced kind of to like endure. Was, yeah. 
and that you can't look away because after violence, you're brought into the madness of him in his room and just the way he's talking and what he's doing. So it's like, you're, there's no reprieve. You're not pulled away to other characters that can kind of give you a break from that and give you some part of another story. Yeah. 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 Cause you know, like how a lot of movies are throwing, you know, not like hardcore slap stick, slap my knee. Something. Yeah. yeah. To get you to laugh. Some relief. There's something there to help. Yes, exactly. To relieve that tension. But no, this was just, yeah. we're gone. Goodbye. Dude, I loved it. It's a good way to yeah, close no, out the this, this season. Good way to close out the decade. Yeah. Did you know they released this movie without a rating? It was un, unrated. Wow. Uh, because they knew it was going to get an X rating and they didn't want it to get the X rating. I agree with them, man. I mean, I think yeah. put it out as intended because it works. And then did you also know that William Lustig um, was a director of certain pornographic films? Uh, <laughs> really? this. just like i don't know if you know this uh just like wes craven and sean cunningham i did not know i know sean cunningham i didn't know wes craven really yeah, i'm pretty sure he was too yeah. yeah wow interesting yeah yeah no that's awesome dude um the, the one uh, so as i'm checking out bill lustig here as well i just saw he's the nephew of former middleweight champion jake lamada really yeah jake lamada being uh who uh de niro plays in raging bull interesting yeah 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 dude good way to close out the decade 1980 we'll be back but next month we're going somewhere else we're going to we're the going 20s. we're getting in our delorean and going back in time baby yes we are oh that doesn't mean we're going to the back to the future though no 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 no, <laughs> no but we're going back the uh, uh oh my god just about 100 years ago it's yeah dude my mind it's legit yeah. it's over 100 years ago the film we're about to watch next is 101 years old good lord Wow. Thinking about it that way is mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah. This is going to be interesting. Yeah. We're going back to the well, 1920s. We're going to the silent era. I'm going to get my flapper hat and my flapper girl. and That also means my, uh, champagne. the entire next month you have to watch us on YouTube because audio is going to be dead silence. Yeah. We're going to be silent. Exactly. It's going to be a lot to read, right? It pops up and people got to read like long paragraphs. Well, it's not going to be silent. We'll have, you know, the the the, the whimsical slapstick comedy music in the background. To, right. Uh, Somebody playing along. the little pia- the stand-up piano in the back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the we actually did, uh, we had, when I worked at a restaurant out in uh, California, we did, um, we had a multiple locations and we all had to shoot a promo for our location. Yeah. So um, my ex and I shot the promo for our location and we did it like that. It was all old style black and white and I took nice. the camera through and she edited it to get like the, uh, the film streaks in it. And yeah. Nice the old score. And yeah, it was pretty fun. It was cool. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this, man. Like I I'm aware of 1920s films. I'm aware of silent era. Um, but I'll be, I'll be honest with you. The only actual silent films I've actually, I've ever seen are some Charlie Chaplin films, some Buster Keaton films. I'm a big fan okay. of the old school silent era comedy, but I've never watched any of the silent era horror, which is weird. Um, never saw Nosferatu. Never saw, you know, what are we doing? We're doing Nosferatu, Cabinet of Caligari. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 Fall of the House of Usher and yep. uh, Phantom Carriage. Phantom Carriage. So I've never seen any of these. Now I've seen a couple of films or, or f- scenes. I'm very familiar with some images yeah. from some of these films. But uh, oh, because I'm super just how excited. iconic they are now. Yeah. I'm excited, dude, because you know me, dude. I love to watch films for films, right? So I love to yeah. watch how they're presented, cinematography, lighting, and all that. I can't wait to check this stuff out, man. It's and just be awesome. that time period in filmmaking, man, like the 20s and the 30s, and even going as far as the 50s, it's just like a magical time in Hollywood. In their and, mind, they were cut like they were 
pioneers. They it had oh, never yeah. been done before. They have technology that's the they newest were. to them. Like, yeah. you know, like for me, I think it's just such an exciting time. I love that time in America when, when innovation and progress was like exploding and people were just doing things that had never been done before. And this yeah. man, this is going to be awesome to see, you know, what does the special effects look like? The makeup yeah. effects, what is the acting? How are they emoting on screen as they're trying to, yeah. you know, put forth a story with zero sound aside from whatever music. So how are these going to be presented? Was there music that just kind of gets tied to it initially on its own or, you know, I don't know. And that's probably something we can research and, and present. It's um, going to be interesting, right? Cause like what they would do is as far as I'm aware is they would send somebody around to the theaters to play the piano live. Right. And each theater had like its a own recording. live, yeah, a it live was like, person. Um, because this was before you could attach sound to the actual film. That's what I thought. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because it's like, did they all have certain sheet music they had to follow to fit their film? Or was it whoever the pianist was kind of played along and did their thing? Like, it'd be interesting, right? To find out. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it though, dude. I'm totally looking forward to this. So what's the first one we're doing? So we're going to do the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Ooh, that's going to be yes. cool. And I've been wanting to see this one for a while now. So this will be, this will be good. Sweet, sweet. Uh, one last comment I got for you. Um, you know, I made my stupid remark last week about the uh, Michael Cimbello song. Um, and I actually read that um, he actually wrote that song about this movie. Uh, really? And accidentally included it with his materials that he sent to the, uh, to the studio when he was making Flashdance. And they liked the song so much that they asked him to change some of the lyrics for that movie. Really? Yeah. How true it is, I don't know, but that's what I read. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Nice. Here I was thinking I was making some stupid offhanded joke. That's amazing, dude. No, it was related. That's funny. That's funny. I love how you're like, you're you're like, you know what? I gotta I gotta fix what I said last. So guess what, guys? (laughs) I'm just like, hey, if I said something stupid before, man, don't hold me to it. This is all fun, man. This is all fun for me. So I'll say stuff that's dumb. I'll say stuff that contradicts itself two episodes from now. You know, at some point I'm just gonna be like Oh yeah, I did think that way, didn't I? <laughs> um, anyway, you got anything else before we head out? Um, no, I don't. Uh, I don't believe so. Cool, cool, Nothing cool. I can think of. Um, guys, thanks so much for listening. Again, don't forget, Out of the Shadows is now going to be its own feed. This is the last episode on the Silence Your Phones feed. So if you want to continue listening to Out of the Shadows, make sure to look us up on iTunes, uh, not even iTunes anymore, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music. You'll find us at the website, bicbp-radio.com. Um, and look out for more stuff coming from Out of the Shadows, man. We've got YouTube content coming soon. we got some got some fun stuff planned for the upcoming seasons. So... For Jim Clark, this is Chris Chavez. Once again, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate all your support. Uh, 1980 is in the bags. On the way out the door, make sure to keep your eye on the shadows. (laughs) 